Welcome to another episode of Bakari Sales Podcast. Today is fun because I get to talk to somebody I've adored for a long period of time. We have some mutual interest and we're going to get down to it. I'm actually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana as I tape this right now, getting ready to watch my Gamecocks go and play uh, the Fighting Kimokis tonight. I look forward to it. None other than Ari Chambers. How you feeling? The Fighting Kimokis is insane. You're insane. <laughs> Listen, I, you should wait till you see my outfit tonight. I just want you to know my outfit tonight. I'm channeling my inner Kim. I got my Britney Griner jersey on. I'm going in as a human troll. Oh, you are trolling. I just between you and Plies, I'm I'm really interested to see how this pans out. Yeah. Shout out to Plies, another women's basketball fan. I mean, women's basketball is taking on a new life. We'll get into that. But I have to start. Um, my show is unique because we ask all our guests the same question. Huh? And we want our guests to walk us through the arc of their careers. And the reason we ask the question is because there are a lot of young people who were you 10, 15 years ago, just trying to figure out what they wanted to do and how they were going to get there. And they see you now and they're like, man, I want to get there. So walk us through the arc of your career and your spans, modeling, journalism, activism and sports. Mm -hmm. And can you walk us through your career stop since finishing NC State and why yeah. women's sports is a passion? Of course. Um, so I... I love this question because it it shows how unique everybody's path can be within the women's sports space or the sports space in general. Um, wherever you choose to, don't let anybody box you in. So you're right. I, I went to NC State, graduated from there, but I dropped out of school before. My mom was like, okay, that's cute. Drop back in. So I finished my degrees and I have I, I went to Oxford to study as well. But when I was done with my schooling, I moved up to New York to model. And modeling helped tailor my help level set expectations. You're not going to get every booking that you cast for. You're not going to hear yes a lot. You're going to hear a lot of no's and you have to form a resilience to the negativity that comes with that no. So modeling really helped me in my career, pining my way to where I want to be. And you say arc, but I still like I, I still feel like I'm climbing to ascend to get to the where I want to be. So we're still we're still on the the first half of the arc. But cheerleading also bridged the gap for me and led me to my purpose because I did entertainment for the Knicks, the Rangers, and the Liberty, and it was all in Madison Square Garden at the time. And the only difference was the gender of sports, but the crowd, the media. There was nobody outside of maybe four media members hmm. covering the Liberty. And I was confused because stop 144 athletes going in and out of MSG. Like, what are we doing here? Like, especially for beginning journalists. I, and I and I hate saying this because I don't think women's sports is a stepping stone. But why not cover the Liberty? Why not um, be present within the women's sports space, especially surrounding Olympic years? There, there was so much that was missing. And so between having the cr close proximity to professional sports in that way, loving my friends who played basketball and hearing no all the time with modeling, it all put together a, the perfect recipe for me to enter the industry in a, in a very go-getter type of way. But yeah, I guess I mean, that's, I think, I think that's an accurate way to describe you as being a go-getter kind of like, <laughs> I mean, you, and, and as a black woman in the industry, unfortunately you have to run faster and jump higher than everybody mm -hmm. else. You, you can't come in docile or you'll never get the job. I agree. And then, you, you know, that's been something since this doesn't start when you start your career. You start this when you first come to the realization that you are a black woman and that makes mm. you different.
but I, I am in the, I don't know if you've ever heard Taylor Rooks talk about it, but we have a certain privilege that comes with us, especially in the sports realm, because people relate to black women so well, especially in basketball, uh, to it's in some ways it's easier for me to navigate storytelling in particular with athletes and, and with certain coaches, I am able to connect with them and say, Hey, I'm not trying to sabotage your program. I'm trying to uplift and empower and showcase your players. And so the relatability, the comfortability that I've been able to use as being a black woman is empowering to me. Hmm. Let's talk about highlight her. Okay. What is highlight her and how can listeners find and support it? Yeah. So uh, about five years ago, over five years ago now, uh, I paired with Warner Brothers Discovery and Highlighter was born and it was it served as the hub for all. No matter what age level ability of sport, women's sports coverage, it, it was tailored to sport and culture in its origin. And since then, we've, a, we've been able to not only showcase the highlights of girls and women in sport but also get into the community, make players feel seen, make the community feel seen, um, work with partners that are in perfect alignment with what we're trying to do. And I've been able to hire a great team of black women so that they can mm. carry out that, that legacy and continue it on. I am married to my purpose, not necessarily a specific platform, but as long as Highlighter is reflective of the people, I, I love cheering it on and I love um, seeing that brainchild really come into fruition and hopefully it will sustain in this, in this landscape that, Hey, women's sports isn't going anywhere. So it's, it's a hub for that. And I hope people continue to go to it to be the hub. And you said I was married to, I was like, who are you married to? No, like, don't tell like, me about like, my business. Like, no, I'm talking about my business. I was like, oh, your purpose. I was like, I ain't see nobody. Don't be messy. Don't be messy on this podcast. I was about to be like, I ain't see nobody on your Instagram. You kept this hidden. You done got me. Okay. Yo, his name is your purpose. I got it. I got <laughs> my it. purpose. Okay. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Let's talk about the WNBA. We saw my team and my girl, the Las Vegas Aces, and Asia Wilson repeat as champions. Do you see the Aces making it three in a row this year, or do you see another team like the Liberty or Connecticut challenging them? And does it matter where one of the most amazing athletes in the world, Skylar Diggins, ends up? Does that matter at all? Yeah, so all of that, yes. 
I can see them repeating. They have the right chemistry, right talent, right coaching, right culture to repeat. And that's just is what it is, period, point blank. But you also have growing threats, especially with free agency and movement coming along with GMs. Now we don't have a coach-GM combination. We have separate jobs for separate things. So they're able to piece together together the pieces that they've needed um, to be championship contenders. So it's hard to win a championship. It's even harder to go back-to-back. A three-peat, almost unheard of. You know, we see it with the Houston um, Comets. But I – Didn't I the Lynx three-peat team, or did I make that up in my head? You said what? Did the Lynx three – no, did I make that they, up were, they were an odd year type of girly. So they had 11, 15, uh, yeah, 11, 13, 15, and 17 is gotcha. when they um, So they did every other year. And I, re- I remember that rivalry like it was yesterday. I loved watching the Lynx and Sparks rivalry, but it's really hard to three-peat. But if there was anybody to three-peat right now, it is the Aces. And they're, they have all the pieces they, they need, but free agency is about to be lit. Okay, I mean, it is lit. And we're we're talking about where are the solid point guards going? There's going to be a lot of point guard movement, but also this NECA just announced that she's not returning to LA. So we see a lot of staple players leaving their long standing organizations. And so ain't no telling come May who's going to fit in where and, and how that's going to benefit the teams. But saying all that, you see one steady, steady thing is the aces in their roster and knowing that they have the talent and, the chemistry, all the puzzle pieces that they need. And they they won a championship, you know, half engine, half on crutches and and things like that. You know, all the circumstances broken, they broken did wrist, all types of stuff. Yeah. All, right. All types of stuff. Yeah. I mean they, they have the they have one of the top two or three point guards in the world. They have the best player in the world and they have one of the best shooters in the world in Kelsey. And then they have Sid who is arguably the best Twitter follow in the world. So I mean they they got it's, it's inarguable. Sid is the best <laughs> follow period. <laughs> I love Sid. Uh, what do you think? I mean, and tell me this. I saw the other day I was disappointed that that Skylar said that uh, or Sky, I don't know where I, I shout out to Skylar Diggins Smith. Uh, I don't know if she goes by Skylar or Sky, but she said the, the 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 fever didn't want her. Can you imagine a world where you have Caitlin Clark, Skylar Diggins, Aaliyah Boston as your three people going into the future? I love the thought of it. Um, you know, teams are looking for different things and. Uh, Indiana has a lot of star power and I think that Skylar wants to go where she can be appreciated. And if she doesn't feel that when she's talking to certain teams, then that's just not the place for it. That's not the right fit. They have, they have a team that they can build around Aaliyah Boston. They have another number one draft pick. They have Nalissa Smith, who's great. They have these, these pieces already that they want to build around. And so I think it's honestly to Skylar's benefit that she can go elsewhere and be a staple to another uh, organization. But yeah, it would have been cute for hometown. Honestly, Chicago technically, I think, is like closer to South Bend, so that could be great. But I, I am excited to see where Skyler ends up because I think that a lot of times it's like an out of sight, out of mind type of thing, and people forget how great she is for the game, both on and off the court, marketability and talent. And I can't wait to see her return. It's gonna be really special. No, it's gonna be special. Shout out to Skyler Diggins Smith. Uh, I think everyone knows I'm a huge South Carolina women's basketball fan. So I would love your take on how you see things like the transfer portal, NIL, affecting the the, the landscape of women's basketball. Do you see the transfer portal and NILs having the same impact on women's sports that you're seeing in men's college sports like basketball and football? Definitely the same impact because women's sports trajectory is up, up, up. 
what I love about NIL and transfer portal is that the athletes get free agency over themselves. So they get to be able to capitalize off their brand. The NCAA makes so much money off of them. It's time to take back that ownership and really profit off of it. Because I remember back when we were getting recruited for college, we couldn't even accept them like a small fry. And so it's really great to witness them making decisions for their lives. Now, I, I think different programs appeal to different people. Like say you have a you have an LSU and you have a Stanford, right? Tar is very much about basketball first. Basketball first. LSU market marketability is high. They are about basketball. Obviously, you don't become a national champion if you're not about basketball and don't have the recipe to putting talent together. But um, the players are able to choose what to prioritize when it comes to what they want out of their lives. There are certain players that would choose certain programs to go pro. There are certain players that will choose certain programs because the entire team will get gifted by, with cars. Like you have to figure out what you want for yourself. If you know you're not as talented on the court, you can pick a NIL heavy school so you can make a lot of money and, and brand yourself accordingly to have a professional career outside of basketball once you graduate. I think it's really smart. Um, it's going to be really great to see players capitalize off of it. What the struggle is was coaches and being able to establish, you know, longstanding relationships and chemistry within the programs because it's so open for people to transfer and leave whenever they want. So it's just, it's a double-edged sword, but I, there's a lot of positive in it with, with the complications. Let's say, I mean, I, I think some people are not, they don't have ill will or malintent. They're ill-informed. And I, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about Chris Wilbon, for example, who was talking about NILs and women's sports versus, or particularly women's college basketball uh, versus going to the WNBA. I mean, can you talk a little bit about the fact that um, when you have somebody like Angel Reese or you have somebody like Caitlin Clark and they're, they are looking at the question whether or not they go to the league, what are they looking at in contrasting? What are they comparing and contrasting? Because for me, NILs just turn into endorsements. They do. And that's just their call. They do. And it's not as if you're, you're getting paid more at LSU than you would be getting paid by the Chicago Sky. Instead of zero, you're starting at 76000 when it comes to a lottery pick. And, you know, rookie salary is still high 60s, um, 70s. And so instead of starting rock bottom, you're starting with a salary. So you just get to build on top of that. And now when we have branding for players, they're able to uh, have their own fan bases in the way that they um, establish themselves. So that fan base is now able to follow them along in their pro career. So that's another opportunity that they didn't have 10 years ago with the uh, being able to continue to stay connected with your favorite player. Now, when we talk about Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers and players like that, they're anomalies. So when we talk about the, t the 12 invitees to the draft, not all of them are making Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark money. So it's a very toxic conversation when we get around saying these players need to stay in college because they're going to lose money going to the league. A lot of them aren't making the money that you think that they're making in NIL deals because they don't have the marketability of an Angel Reese who made, who who's valued at millions of dollars. That's just not the case. That's there's a reason why we use these specific examples over and over and over again because there's a handful of them. Are they marketable? Are they? Do they have the potential for a lucrative collegiate career? Absolutely. But top to bottom. The main goal has to be in a professional setting. You go to college to get ready for a professional setting. By staying back in college and by pushing this narrative 
of women's women athletes aren't going to get paid when they go pro. That's just deterring a whole generation of people from achieving what they want to achieve. And that's toxic. That's that's not great. That's not like the definition of toxicity. You ain't never lied Literally the textbook definition, because what you're doing is you're setting them up for a false hope of making all this money in college and saying, hey, you're not going to make it in the pro. So you, you, you kind of throw away or put that in the back um, of your mind when you're training. It, it, it changes your whole psyche when it comes to what you can be. And I don't like that. I don't so well with my spirit. It doesn't at all. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Look, I, you know, I think I'm obviously biased, but talk about the impact of people like Donnie. Uh, Donnie! Coach, Don, Bailey, players <laughs> like Asia Wilson, Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers. I, people sleep on Paige. I mean, I know UConn has had reaped the benefit, and I'm sorry for disparaging you with a generalization, but they've reaped the benefit for 20 years mm -hmm. of a biased sports media, and mm -hmm. now they're on the opposite end of that. But Paige Beckers is the best woman in college basketball, period. But y'all oh. can argue it's, it's the same thing that I was talking about with Skylar. It's the out of sight, out of mind. Paige has been injured on yeah. and off for her entire collegiate career. So people forget the talent that is within within her. And that's really sad because she is a generational talent. Um, but coaches like Don Staley pour into their players beyond the traits of the court. She doesn't give away any false promises. She makes you work for your spot. She really... she sets you up for a life outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And that is something that can't be overstated. She lets you know, if you want this, it's going to be on you. I can give you the tools, but it's going to be on you, how much effort you give. You have to trust her system because a lot of people who are on her bench could very well be the star players in other programs. And so getting people to buy into um, a slow burn, if you will, a, a, a good steady climb and not just fast burn out type of situation is her gift. Her gift is to be the walking example for her players of what you can be in women's basketball. You know, $20 million ain't a little amount of money. Okay. No shame. We're not in her pockets like that, but it's, you know, it's online available, but just knowing that you can, you can be a woman from North Philly and then, you know, coach North, North with an F. North, North, with an F. North Carolina, they ain't got nothing to do with me. North Philly can, you know, they 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 so particular. But anyway, um, and then and then coach in South Carolina, and like Asia Wilson always says, her grandma couldn't even step foot on the yeah. campus. But to set her up to be such a staple in that community, turn her into a hometown hero, and have her have a statue outside of that camp or on the, that campus that her grandma couldn't even walk through. That is the that is the full bloom of the 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 gardening of Don Staley. And that is what she brings to the game. She brings promise. She brings hope. She brings representation. She brings resources. She brings the foresight to make you into who you want to be, whether that's a superstar in the WNBA or a great businesswoman or a coach, you know, it, it doesn't matter. She gives you the seeds and she plants them and she waters them. And it's up to you to put in the work to do it. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I mean, talk about the increased viewership and interest. We've seen women's basketball skyrocket over the past few years. I mean, I I, I remember the shot, and I, I use mm-hmm. that just kind of as the precipice or the starting point where... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi State beat UConn. It felt like the whole world was watching that game. Twitter went crazy. But that's when I first really realized that, you know, it's growing. And now you have, I think, 10 million people or nine points and change watching LSU versus Iowa last year. And I don't even want to talk about that game. It should have been us. And we would have blasted LSU again. But, I but talk about the talk about the increased interest in viewership um, for women's basketball. And has that interest translated into the WNBA? Because now yeah, I'm a so- that they got my girl, ball, Aaliyah. I mean, I'm in Indiana. I got jerseys and everything. Look at you go. Uh, it's it's funny because we mentioned UConn swinging things in the opposite direction because they have been beneficiaries of this bias. But back when that shot happened, there had been no parody in women's basketball. We always talk about visibility, but we're forgetting the whole parody part. So yeah. people are watching because on any given night, anybody can get this work. And so it's, it's just a more exciting product because there's so much competitiveness, whether that be through the transfer portal, through NIL, um, through player movement, but just knowing that you don't have to go to one of three programs in order to really shine and make your mark. Like, I remember when Megan Gustafson was at Iowa, we were like, what's going to happen with Iowa? Then Caitlin Clark stayed home. She saw the promise in Iowa and look what it's become. It's because people aren't glued to those traditional programs that have only been the recipe to the pros or only been the recipe to visibility. They're learning how to do it on their own. They're learning how to create stars within their programs. They're learning how to really get people invested into the game. And that's through a mix up of who's in the final four. That's through uh, showcasing them on social media. That's through having better network deals and all of that combined is why people are consuming women's sports more and coming up on a generation or we're already in it who has not had to live without a WNBA. So you have, you've always known these, these, these rookies, even not even rookies, some, some of the vets that are the, the newer vets, anybody born out like after 97 has never had to live in a country in the U S without a professional sports league of the WNBA. So there. I even thought about that. That's a dope. I mean, that's, that's a yeah, critical. Dope it's like, it's, it's just always, but they've been born into a generation where it's digestible for women to be pros and that that's going to be the future. And so it's not going to be a, Oh my God, you play professional basketball. It's like, Oh, she's in the WNBA. That's dope. I'm a supporter or I'm going to consume her, not even support. I'm going to consume 
her and watch her play. It's not like, oh, how did you get there? Do you have to go to Italy for this? Like love and basketball. You know what I mean? Like it's very different. Let me ask you this. Who's in your final four? Oh, that's difficult. Everything in me, because, you know, I know South Carolina is your team and I have them in the final four. Absolutely. I want NC State to be able to break this curse of not being able to get past the Elite Eight. I That is my that is my hot take. I want NC State to do it. Uh, we like NC State here. You guys have one of our one of our transfers who we love and adore from Wilmington, yeah. North Carolina, Sanaya Rivers. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. She uh, is. Who else you got? So NC State, South Carolina. Oh, this is difficult. NC <sighs> State, South Carolina. It's going to be one of the California teams between USC and UCLA and Stanford. It's going to be one of them, though. That's not a hot take That's at all. That's a hell of a – but that is kind of hot because they're they not all three going to be in the same bracket. So they're going to – you know. It's going to be just one of them, though. It's going to be just one of them. Okay. And then – Well, that's UCLA then. They're the better of the three. And then let's go – I don't know. I have this this weird – And so you choose – you would, hold on. Let's back up. You would take – I'm thinking about this. I mean, I think, I think UCLA is the best. But you think UCLA – you think UCLA, Stanford, and USC are – all better than Colorado and Utah? I'm not saying they're better than Colorado. I think that they can give the work on any given night. And okay. so Colorado was going to be my last one, but then I had to refocus because that's a lot of Pac-12. I, I was like, how is that going to work? Be. The Pac-12, Pac I, I, I had the Pac-12 network, so I watched their basketball. I did too. Oh. I got football for no reason. Um, I guess there is a reason. But I, I do think... So Colorado was going to be my fourth, but then I was trying to reposition it to like, let me think of who's in the Big Ten that I have faith in making it. I I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I might have a hot take for you in two weeks or so, but I'm stuck because of the seating purposes, because these conferences are becoming so up in arms. It's not it's not just the Stanford's up top in Pac-12 anymore. It's not just South. I mean. Yes, South Carolina is dominating the SEC. But ACC, top to bottom, seven teams in the top 25. Oh, we know. We know. We we own, we own went up there and we owned Tobacco Road, but it was not easy. I mean, we had to play at Duke and at North Carolina. I mean, all mm -hmm. we needed was Central and State on the schedule. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there. But it was – it was it's tough. I have – I actually am with you on that. I think it's – I think it's UCLA, South Carolina, and uh, UCLA, South Carolina, NC State. I think that fourth team is tough. NC yeah, State is tough. We're going to say NC State because it wouldn't be me if I still pack pride, pack pride, go pack. Um, you know, they were the, this is a random factoid. They were the last team to beat us at home. NC State was. Yeah. No, anyway, one of the last questions I have before I let you get out of here, I want to talk about advocacy in women's sports. Talk yeah. about the coverage gap. How do you define that? And talk about the work that Highlighter does to close that gap. I'm going to take it away from Highlighter. I'm going to take it a little bit more broad. Um, okay. So the coverage gap, it comes from people not, wanting to invest in women's sports historically. So what we're doing, we're, we're crawling out of a, out of a, out of a hole, basically we're crawling. We're, we're, it's not a level playing field. So we have an uphill battle to climb and convincing is happening, but we're coming from a deficit. And so once we can get on that foundational level and then build on that, instead of saying, this is why you should support women. It's no, it's, this is the product that we have you already know why you should consume the game. Here's the media coverage on it. So there's a there's two different levels of advocacy, if you will, in this space because 
there I would argue that journalists of women's sports are advocates because they have to fight for a budget. They have to fight their networks and in, in their in their workrooms to to be sent to these places despite if their team is winning or not. <laughs> like I know people who have had championship cities that won't give them the budget to go to those games and it's confusing. So that's the level of advocacy. Then you have those who are marching for, you know, pay equity and and media coverage rights and and just the visibility on on different networks and in different publications. And so working together, hopefully that 4% turns into, you know, 50-50 coverage with with men's and women's sports. And there's an appetite for it. So the return on investment is soon to come. Um, and then pages like Highlight Her or, you know, we have Just Women Sports, WSLAM, we have Overtime. We have all the independent journalists that work tirelessly to showcase um, everything that is women's sports. It's so necessary to support them. That's where our advocacy as consumers of the game come in. Retweet your favorite journalists, consume their their stuff, read their read their Patreon or subscribe to their Patreons, read their websites, read their newsletters, read the words, watch the footage, watch the content and really support it. Because if you can't show that the diehards are into it, how can you convince, you know, a company who's like very on the fence about it, that the, the demand is there. So that's my challenge to everyone. Make your advocacy being supporting the content that comes out from these smaller publications, from these independent journalists, from these all women-centric content hubs, support it so it can show that the the demand is there. Couple, uh, well, this question might be tough. Tonight, the University of South Carolina Lady Gamecocks are facing LSU in Baton Rouge, and you have the number one uh, recruit in the country, the number one transfer class, and the returning champs facing just my little old Gamecocks. Who you got? <laughs> um, it's really difficult to play in an environment like that, especially um, when when your Gamecocks are at LSU. I do think that South Carolina has a particularly great way of tuning out the noise and being disciplined. And so I have South Carolina winning. But I do think that it's going to be a very big challenge. And Don and Kim have both talked about how it's just it's just going to be what is what what it's put out on the court it's like they both coach in their own different ways but i i am interested to see who stays more disciplined throughout the game yeah. and that's who's going to win but i have south carolina win. i think we have a few more horses um because we we play one through nine really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, front court depth but i think and this is why this is going to be very interesting. I'm interested to see how the game is called. Mm. That is what I'm watching early on to determine whether or not this is close or whether or not we get them on out of here early, can warm up the bus and the plane. You are ridiculous. <laughs> how can people follow you and keep up with the work that Ariel Chambers is doing? Uh, at Ari Ivory on every social media platform. And I'm trying my hardest to make my personal pages be one of those stopping points or landing points for women's sports. I eat, sleep, and breathe it anyway. Might as well do it. My TikTok is a great way of catching the behind the scenes things and player personality things as you know as much as it is on other pages. And so I really would love if people just follow me on Ari Ivory and 
I challenge everyone to follow and support their favorite independent journalists and smaller media companies. Well, I'm glad that you uh, are doing the work that you're doing. You're a beacon of light. You're beautiful inside and out. And thank, thank you for you. the Ari Sellers podcast. Have a blessed evening. Get your, get your liquor ready. Brown. Oh, tell Donnie. Yeah. I said I love her. Tell oh, Donnie. Maybe back in a minute. I, maybe back in a minute. So I definitely will. I will holler at you later and I will follow up with you after the game. Peace. Be easy. All right. Bye.